You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at some things uh, a little bit. I don't know what to call this yet, so let me preach out the title, then we'll give it a title, all right? So Galatians chapter 5. Y'all here? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Galatians chapter 5. Somebody quit singing those three songs. Let them go. Hallelujah. Hey, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 17. It says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. And it says, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Um, let's go back now and let's read this. Um, can I get a Galatians 5, 13 through 15 out of the Amplified Classic? Let's, let's amplify it. All right, as I used to call it, the Queen James. Hallelujah. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. Are y'all free? Only do not use your freedom as an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness, but through love you should serve one another. What is love? Well, that's the greatest commandment. And what are we supposed to do with that love? We're supposed to serve one another. Verse 14, for the whole law concerning human, human relationships is compiled in one precept. What's the great law? Love, love the Lord your God and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Everybody say, I love God and I love my neighbors. You, who is your neighbor? Everybody. Hallelujah. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. Well, that's a whole different thought. We can stop there. If you don't love you, you can't love anybody else. Some of the meanest people, the reason they're so mean is because they don't like themselves. The reason they find fault with everybody else is they can find fault with themselves all the time. The reason a husband can't love his wife like Christ loved the church is a lot of times he has some things in his soul that needs to get healed so he can love his family properly. It's not a woman problem, this thing of not loving yourself. It's a human problem. It's a devil problem. Because the devil would love to make you not love yourself. Why? That sounds kind of weird. Well, if you don't see yourself in Christ, because in Christ we're complete, uh, I'm complete in him. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted of the brethren because the Lord has changed my life. All right? So that's not my subject, but let's keep going. Verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, if you bite and devour one another, oh, 20, they came. 20, the Bible's for 2020 and 2021 and 22 and 3 and 4. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed or eat one another. Okay, so that's not my message either, but I liked it. Verse 16. Let's go back to King James. Then I say then, walk in the Spirit. Let's go back to King James. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. For the flesh lusts after the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to another, that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So, and we're going to look at this a little bit. So uh, then he begins to talk. So if you're devouring one another, you're obviously in the flesh. If you're not walking in love, you're walking outside. Because the love of God is shed abroad our heart by the Holy Ghost. The love of God, you know, the greatest of these is what? 
Love. The greatest of these is love. So the spirit, how can we tell we're in the spirit any more than we can tell that we're walking in love? What is going on in our world right now that the devil is, is, a, is wise in? He tries to get everybody out of love. And when you get someone out of love, you've gotten them out of the spirit. And if you've gotten them out of the spirit, then now they're open to everything the devil has for them. One of the things you and I have to do is protect ourselves and make sure we're walking in the spirit. You cannot be in the spirit when you're out of love. The devil is not an idiot. He knows the word. Y'all with me? Why y'all so quiet? Can I put my thumb on it a little harder? Be careful who you listen to. You listen to a preacher who makes you mad when you're done, sets you out to war for something that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Listen to me. If a message cannot be preached in India and the United States at the same time, it is not the gospel. If a message cannot be preached in the United States and Zambia at the same time, it is not the gospel. If it only pertains to one group of people, it is not the gospel. And if it produces something that riles you up, then it is not love. Love has no ill will to its neighbor. It's born-again neighbor or it's not born-again neighbor. Because love never fails, never comes to an end, right? And love always prevails. When you walk in love, I'm not telling you, I hear you, I'm not telling you to lay down and take things. No, I'm not telling you that at all. But let's, let, let's not call something the gospel that it's not the gospel. And what is this? It is uh, the devil knows for you and me one of the greatest things he can do to, for the devil to do to, to, to set us up for defeat is to get us out of the spirit. Okay? So that's, and because from our, from us, you are a three-part being. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, uh, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. If the devil can get you to walk in the flesh, your body, or your soul that's not being um, guided or um, come under the authority of God, then the devil can set you and I up for defeat. Now, do we all work perfectly walk in the spirit all the time? No. And I want to talk about what that means because I want to get rid of some things there. So, but, so this I say then, he said in verse 16, walk in the spirit. So there's two places to walk. You either walk in the spirit or you're walking in the flesh. You can't, you're not, you can't, you got to choose. You can't walk in uh, both at the same time. Um, I'm maybe going around the bout a little here, but, but a lot of times, so uh, walking in the flesh, we can figure that one out. Uh, it tells us what it produces. So let's look at this, verse 19. Um, give me something, give me, um, give me um, Amplified Classic, uh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. If we're going to read these, we might as well uh, read them good. Now, these are the doings. In the, so if you're walking in the flesh... How many know it's easy to tell where you're walking? 
Well, I wish I just knew if I was walking in the spirit and I'm, or if I was walking in the flesh. Oh, it's so easy to tell. I'm about to tell you how it is. I mean, because you can tell where you're at at any given moment by what you produce. Unfortunately, our flesh didn't go away when you got born again. Even if you talk in tongues and rhyme, your flesh didn't go away. You still got one, right? That's how you get to live on the earth because you still got a flesh. But you got to do some things with it. So what you produce, you go, everybody okay? What you produce, um, well, you can't walk in the spirit and produce these things. And you, if you're, um, you can't walk in the flesh and produce spiritual things. And you're either one place or the other, given any, mo and you can go back and forth. You can go back and forth. No, you can't. You're either in the spirit or, or you're in the flesh. Well, that's not true. Well, yeah, you can't walk in both. Oh, yeah, seconds apart. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Simon Bar-Jonah, what's he doing? Well, he's obviously walking in the spirit. He knows Jesus is the Christ. Jesus gives him an attaboy. And then verses later, I think it's right around the same time. And then Jesus said, I got to go be crucified. And then Peter said, what? No, not going to allow it. Then what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Like whiplash. <laughs> and if you're married or you have children, or you work, or you drive in traffic, you know you can be in the spirit one moment, or you, and you can be out in the next. Come on. So who determines that? The circumstances, the people around us? No, only us. So if I'm walking in the flesh, I think you're all with me now. Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear. They're obvious. They're immorality, impurity, indecency. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirit, factions, sex with peculiar uh, uh, opinion, with peculiar opinions. I love that. Heresies, e envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And we talked about that on Sunday morning. I believe that talks about walking in the blessings of God because I know saved people who walk in the flesh. Doesn't mean they're not born again. It just means you can't inherit the promises of God. You're not going to walk in the blessings of God on a regular basis. Because if you're walking in the flesh, you're walking in, you're, you're, you're practicing or you're, you're somewhat at least yielding to the devil. And, and all these are very practical for right now. And again, this too is not my subject tonight. But I have to mention these things because I want to get to my subject, which is found in verse 22. So let's look at the King James on that one. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness is how it should be translated, meekness, temperance, against there is no such law. I remember a number of years ago, right after, <laughs> right after I wrote my book, No Longer Shackled, um, how to be free of sins, control, and I go through all these, that it wasn't many months after that, the Lord, um, uh, I guess uh, he knew that I'd write part two, which I'm trying to do, turning that into a workbook, is then he gave me some things that I want to I talk about and I want you to help me with because I believe there's further revelation that I haven't got yet or haven't been able to teach out yet and I want you to help me with. Because he began to talk to me that these nine fruit, 
take care of all those works of the flesh. And see, your works of the flesh are, they're operating, you know, the, the, you know um, uh, drunkenness doesn't necessarily come out of a part of your flesh, but it's what your flesh, some people's flesh desire different things. And all of these things, you may not deal with one of them, and you think, well, I, I, don't, I don't deal with witchcraft, but you know what witchcraft is. Do you know what witchcraft is? It's not what you think it is. It's not, the, it's not what you think it is here. It's relying on, on drugs to ease your pain. It, it doesn't mean witchcraft to use a Ouija board or go to a fortune teller or call uh, Cleo and ask for, a, a, you know, uh, something like that. That's a familiar spirit. Anybody who operates in anything like that, uh, who does readings or anything like that, that's a familiar spirit, and that's the devil. But it's not what this witchcraft is. This is talking about using what we would call today prescription drugs, uh, illegal drugs, or alcohol to deaden your flesh so that you feel okay. That's what it means if you study it to its root. And is that a problem in our today's society? Sure is. Sure is. And it's also a problem in the church. Some of our Pentecostal forefathers would be shocked at things that go on in the church today. Because, but we've got to get with, we've got to stay with the word. And so, well, you got to quit that thing. You got to quit it. Well, you got to quit it. Well, it, there's a better way than just quitting it. I want to show you the scriptural way. And so, like, um, this is getting ahead, but I, um, if um, one of those is, uh, Idolatry, let's see, the works of the flesh are manifested with these, adultery and fornication. That's the word pornania. It's the word pornania. It's where we get the word pornography. And so anything outside of marriage between a man and a woman who are married together, the two of them alone, anything else is pornania. And so it all is equal sin. It's all equal sin. But if that, that is a work of someone's flesh, then the fruit of love, if you grow it, will push pornania away from you. Because if you really love someone, you wouldn't pornania them. And so all of these, and so I remember, and I'll go over them with you, and I'm, again, believing for further revelation, is it's amazing these nine fruit of the Spirit, they either took care, one of, each one of these either took care of three or four of the works of the flesh. It was interesting how it all equaled out, too, as I looked at it. And so a lot of times we want, to, uh, we want to stop something, but our flesh seems to be more powerful, and yet the answer is found right before it in Galatians 5, 16. It says, if you'll walk in the Spirit, if you'll walk in the Spirit, if you'll walk in the Spirit, what? Galatians 5, 16. If you walk in the Spirit... You will not fulfill, 
If you walk in the Spirit, you, so your lust of your flesh want to be fulfilled. Now, don't raise your hand, but if you have a flesh, I'm sorry to tell you, you do have lust of your flesh. James even says that the devil comes, and when the lust of your flesh and the temptation, when they come together, if you read it in the book of James, that is kind of like um, when, you know, in, in the making of a, a baby, when two separate things come together, then some, then a child is produced. Well, that's how sin is produced is when the lusts of your flesh and the temptation come together, what happens? Well, sin is produced. Listen to me. You cannot control the devil coming to you, tempting you. He comes with thoughts. He's the God of this world. He's going to mess with you. This is not, I know I'm looking at y'all. This is not good news. But the good, and you say, well, I have a flesh then, so it's just over. No, but you, can, you and I can learn to control then the lusts of our flesh and put them under. So much so that you can even live to a place where it feels like you don't even got a flesh anymore. You can keep it under. And that's my goal. Whew. Went a long way home to get here. But that's my goal is to show you how to produce the fruit of the Spirit. We've all, you know, if you were in Sunday school at all or you've been in church a long time, you know the nine fruit of the Spirit. I mean, here in children's church, I'm sure they had to learn them. And, you know, they bring the little fruits and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. And th but this fruit is produced from your born-again human spirit. It is not a gift from the Holy Ghost. They are produced from your born-again spirit. I say this a lot in my Holy Spirit class that um, I'm teaching um, in Bible Institute right now. I think I've said it to them already. You know, in our circles, we talk more about the manifestation or the gifts of the Spirit than we do the fruit of the Spirit. We all like the gifts. I like the gifts. I like all nine of them. I like all nine of them. But the gifts of the Spirit are like, uh, you know, at Christmas um, I don't know how many of you have a get real tree still. I remember when we first got married, Pastor Rondo insisted upon a real Christmas tree. But it's not alive anymore. What do they do? They cut the roots off. Or back in the day, they used to cut. And so you bring it in. It smells nice and it's beautiful and you put water in it. And then what do you do with it? You decorate it. You put lights on it. Did that tree grow with lights on it? Did, did it grow with bulbs on it? Garland? The angel on top, it just sprouted out. No, what it, somebody decorated it, made it beautiful, made it special, right? Our first Christmas, I don't say, our first Christmas, I mean, the girlfriend, she had that thing symmetrical, everything was in, it was the most beautiful tree ever. Did we ever, I think we had invited one person over so they could see it because it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I mean, she spent hours on it. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was, it was exceptional. But she was the one who put that on it. The tree had nothing to do with it. When the manifestations of the spirit are there, somebody just yielded. It doesn't make them spiritual. We get so messed up in our circles. When somebody prophesies, ooh, that's just something the Lord put on them. That person yielded. Sometimes it's part of a spiritual gift, you know, uh, part of the fivefold ministry. Um, but the Holy Ghost put it that on somebody who yielded. They didn't earn it. They didn't do anything. They just yielded. And they have faith to operate in it as the Holy Ghost says. But the fruit's really different. The fruit is all about you. It is not something the Holy Ghost can just put on anybody. 
This is something that you and I, it's not earning it, but cooperate with, because it's grown out of our born again, created new creation in Christ Jesus. It's born out of that. So the amount of love you walk in is up to you. The amount of peace you have is up to you. The amount of faithfulness you have, up to you. The amount of meekness you have, up to you. Grown out of your human spirit uh, that's born again. Uh, the Lord doesn't just put it on, oh, that person, ooh, they have the gift of love. No, 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 no. Nope. They, they worked on that with the Holy Ghost. They believed that the, the love of God that was shed abroad in their heart, they began to operate in it. Someone who is meek, they, they, they worked that. They, 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 they got with God and figured that out. It's not a natural personality. This does not have nothing to do. A long-suffering, well, a long-suffering person is just, that's just in their personality. That's not in my personality. I am not long-suffering. I'll tell you one time and one time only, and I'm not going to suffer long with you. I'm not going to suffer at all with you. You know, if you do me wrong, out you go. No, that, that, that is, that's fleshly. You know, mamas take a bad rap. Everybody says, well, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, mama ought to get born again. Mama ought to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and Mama ought to get in the Word, and Mama ought to get some fruit. I ain't playing no Mama games. I appreciate my Mama. I appreciate this Mama. I appreciate all the Mamas, but do not use that as an excuse. Well, I'm just hard because, you know, I've had things done wrong to me, and, and I get a little thumos. That's anger. It's like a volcano that erupts. Come on, you know those people. You don't like to go out to dinner with them? Because if the waiter or the, the, the cook in the back sends something out wrong, they are a volcano waiting to erupt. Come on, those people you go shopping with. I used to work retail. I knew some friends. If I ever saw a group of ladies, and then one of them would come up to the counter all by themselves, and the other four would go hang out somewhere else. I know, it's on. <laughs> here, here, here comes the volcano. Here comes the tornado. Because they're embarrassed, you know, embarrassed of how that person's act, but not a friend enough to tell them to quit it. Especially if they're born again. Y'all with me? This is Wednesday night. You can handle this stuff, right? Well, we're going to, we're going to, are you ready to grow spiritually? If I know these things. Well, me too, but I'm going to grow some more. I'm going to grow some more. Are you ready to grow some more? So, but how do I produce the fruit? Well, first and foremost, if you will walk in the spirit, the Spirit, as you walk in the Spirit, will produce the fruit of the Spirit, and it will also keep you from fulfilling the lusts of your flesh. Again, Galatians 5.16. So I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. So can I tell if I'm in the Spirit or if I'm in the flesh? Absolutely, all the time, every day, you don't need somebody going around telling you, you know. Because if you're in the Spirit, you're going to produce something. And if you're in the flesh, you're going to produce something. You and I, can, let's no longer make excuses for our flesh. <laughs> let's no longer make excuses for our thumos, for our volcano. Well, they had it coming. Nobody has it coming. Nobody, the, the, the person on the other end of the telephone in the uh, uh, um, customer care service that you're calling to, uh, they just getting a paycheck just like you. 
They didn't create that product. They didn't send that product. That product did not fail because of them. There is no reason for you to yell at them. I know, the Lord told me. <laughs> what does that mean? More than once. Know the Holy Ghost. Yeah, if you do know him, he'll stop you. He is a friend. And he won't let you act up if you listen. Uh, not a lot. A couple big ones, though. And the apology is hard. It's right in the middle of it, especially. I had one lady one time say, in all my years of doing this, I've never had anyone apologize midstream. I said, well, the Lord made me, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Well, that's how you grow up. Have I fully reached it? I haven't. Neither of you. We're all growing. Why does the Lord do stuff like this? He always, when there's stuff like this, it just always seems like he is positioning you, positioning me for more, for greater. I would think it would be very difficult if not nearly impossible, for God to bless us fully and completely as we walk in the flesh. Because the things of, the, uh, of God are spirit. God is a spirit. The Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit. Things of God are in the realm of the spirit. So it's like the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of light walks in the spirit. The kingdom of darkness, they're flesh ruled. And when we're flesh ruled, we can only receive from the flesh arena. And so God wants to bless us and, and help us. And so if we walk in the spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So let's just jump into this one because I think it's, um, it's uh, let's go with Galatians 5.25 uh, now. Um, it says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I'll just throw this in. Uh, we'll probably study it out a little bit. But Jesus said, my words, what did he say? They are spirit and they are life. Because, see, a lot of times in our circles, people say, uh, you know, when someone gives a prophecy or has a word of knowledge or um, the Holy Ghost falls in the room and we, someone dances or laughs or, or, you know, gets blessed, we'll say, man, they were really in the spirit. And, and I understand what they're saying, but, but it's not the in the spirit that it's talking about here. Because if that's what in the spirit is, you can't prophesy with the manifestation of the Holy Ghost all day long, especially while you're at work. So at work, there's no way to get in the spirit. Hmm. Uh, so you, or the only so you spend an hour and a half on Sunday and an hour and a half on Wednesday. So three hours out of a week is the only time you can be in the spirit. Well, that doesn't seem right. And so in the spirit doesn't happen. I mean, uh, John the Revelator said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Doesn't mean he was slain. Doesn't mean he was out under the power. It means he was more aware of spiritual things than he was natural things. Um, he was walking in the word. 
Because Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Um, Praying in tongues is called praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit, doing spiritual things. Walking in love makes you in the spirit. Um, uh, uh, Praying, uh, talking to God, uh, because God is a spirit. Uh, John chapter 4, the woman at the well, Jesus said, The hour is coming and now is when true worshipers shall worship me in spirit and in truth. How do you worship in in spirit? Uh, Hebrews 13, 15, by him, let us offer a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks into his name. So how do I get in the spirit? Well, I get in the spirit by opening my mouth. I get in the spirit by speaking the word. I get in the spirit by saying what the word says. If you're ever in the flesh and you want to jerk yourself out of it, open your mouth and say what the Bible happens to say about what you're dealing with currently. And that'll jerk you out of the flesh and get you in the spirit. Pray, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues, pray in the Holy Ghost. It's hard to yell at somebody when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. It's hard to yell at somebody when you're, uh, if, so, if your husband and wife, you're irritated with one another. Just grab each other by the hand and just start praying in the Holy Ghost together. Well, I want to talk. I want to celebrate Mahande. I don't know. <laughs> But there are ways to get in the Spirit, worshiping God. But, but it's not, the gifts of the Spirit are not walking in the Spirit. That's yielding to the Spirit. Running around the room in a saturation meeting, me laying hands on you and following up. That's yielding to the Spirit. People who yield to the Spirit don't necessarily walk in the Spirit. I've been around this a long time. I know a lot of good yielders who are not very good walkers. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'll say it again. I know a lot of good yielders, and I like to yield. I'm a yielder. I like to yield to the Holy Ghost. Whatever he's doing, I'm up for. And it's good to be a yielder on Sunday morning and saturation and Wednesday night. But um, that's three hours out of a very long week. And so we need to learn how to walk and live in the Spirit. Walking in and living in the Spirit. Why? Because it will produce fruit. And what will that fruit do? It'll push out the works of the flesh, which are all around you and only going to get more intense the, the days, the weeks, the months, the years that are ahead until Jesus comes. The carnality that you see now is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. So you and I, we have to learn how to walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, we won't join in with them because the works of the flesh are still the works of the flesh. And if you notice what the devil's trying to do is he's even trying to lessen the works of the flesh and make them, um, even among Christians, as, no, that's okay now. No, that's okay now. Culture has changed. This is okay now. No, it's, not, it's, it's, it's never going to be okay. He wrote this. He already been to the end. And he went back to the beginning and then he wrote this. <laughs> he knew what was coming. And if he told us not to do something, he knew what we could, that we'd be okay. We could do it. Are, are, y'all, are everybody good? All right. So everybody say, I'm going to live in the spirit. Let's look at this. 
No, that's wrong. It's not that time, is it? Romans chapter 8. Well, let's get started real good. Romans chapter 8. Let's get going. Romans 8. Y'all listening good. Romans 8. 1. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. I think that's why this was really strong in my heart because I've been studying on it, looking at it. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ? What is, again, conviction is what? Conviction is when the Holy Ghost comes upon a believer and tells them what they were doing on the inside. You'll be like, I shouldn't do this. This is wrong. That's conviction. Condemnation, according to 1 John chapter 3, 20 and 21, is when you, have no, you feel condemned. When your heart condemns you, you have no confidence before God. Condemnation does not come from God, does not come from the Holy Ghost. It comes from you, and then the devil will jump on you to add to your condemnation. What is condemnation? It means to be condemned. What do we condemn? We condemn old houses that are no longer fit for habitation. So anytime you feel condemned, you know that's from the devil and from your own uh, 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 human spirit saying, you know, trying to push you down. Condemnation is, is, well, you know, it's good for people to uh, understand that they've made a mistake and feel a little bit condemned. No, no, it's good for them to be convicted and to change. Condemnation is never good. If you grew up where uh, people, parents, people around you condemned you all the time, uh, belittled you all the time, um, it was not, that's not healthy. And it's not the way God does it. Right? Come on, say it again. I'm no longer condemned. No, you're not condemned. You're not condemned because you're in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ? Woo, it's good to be free. Amen. But then there's some little caveat here. Who walk not after the, who walk not after uh, Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Right? If I do those things, see, then if I do those things, then condemnation is your friend. It's not your friend. It's, it's, a, it's a companion in your, in your, it's a companion. Because if you walk in the flesh, you're producing the things of the flesh. Condemnation is going to be there even if you're born again, even if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you can't walk in the flesh which produces those works of the flesh because it will, it will bring condemnation because your spirit even knows better. And then the devil says, while they're down, I'm going to kick them. I'm going to get them. And, 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 and God's always trying to lift you up, trying to get you out of it. How? Walk in the spirit. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So there's two kind of walks. You can walk after the flesh or you can walk after the spirit. Who chooses that? I'm the only one that can choose that. The Holy Ghost can't choose it for you. Your spouse can't choose it for you. There comes a day mom and dad can't choose it for you. Nobody can choose it for you. You and I decide where we're walking. Y'all decided you're walking in the spirit, right? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So when I walk in the spirit, it makes me free from the law of sin and death. When I walk in the spirit, I don't have to participate in death, the destruction that carnality brings. Hallelujah, I'm free. Somebody shout, I'm free. Hallelujah, verses 4 and 5. That the righteousness of the law might be filled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. 
But they that are up after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. So how can you tell if you're going to walk in the flesh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, or you're going to produce the fruit? By what you mind. By what you mind. In order for it to get anywhere, it's going to go through your mind. So the best way then to walk in the Spirit is change your mindset, change your mind with the Word of God, renew your mind so you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. What is that? You're walking in the Spirit. You're walking in the fruit. The fruit is showing up. But if you mind the things of, if you, if you mind, if, if, you, if the devil would have his way with you, you would be mindful of all the natural things that are going on around you all the time. It, you, it, he would make you so mindful of them, you think about them morning, noon, and night. You're mindful of them. You're mindful of them. I am not of the person, and I don't believe the Word of God wants us to bury our head in the sand and pretend like nothing's going on. That's not Christian. Uh, that, that, that's not what we need to do. You need to stand up for uh, the Word of God, and you need to uh, protect yourself and your family and all those things. But the only way to really do it and be successful is to mind the things of the Spirit and not be mindful of the things of that are going on around you all the time. Those are circumstances. And if the devil can get you concentrating on the circumstances of everything around you, yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a righteous cause. Don't get me started. This is the only righteous cause. This is the righteous cause. This is it. I don't know why we're talking about this, but let me, just, let me just get it out there. You know, when Jesus raised from the dead, one of the first things they asked him was like, have you come now to restore the kingdom? We as human beings, we love everything in order, but we like it in our order. Because every man's ways are right in his own mind. And if you and I were the boss of the world, everything would be right, wouldn't it? Right? I mean, if you were in charge of the world, everything would be cool for you. <laughs> right? And we all think we could do it. Maybe some of you don't. But, um, you know, I do. Anyway, so, uh, but it's not true. It's not true at all. It's not true even close. But, you know, they want to know right away. Are you going to restore the kingdom? Very, very not. He's like, Ugh. only the Father knows. No, that's not what I'm here for. My, my language is not what I'm here for. Let's get about the, the, the business of getting people born again. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Will the Lord take care of everything? He promised me a long time ago, if I'd serve him, he'd, he'd perfect everything that concerns me. Right? If, if I obey him, um, he can take care of, of what concerns me. He knows what concerns you. And he will, he, will, he will intervene in your personal life. And he'll keep you and your family safe. And, and he'll lead you and he'll guide you. But I don't know why we're talking about this tonight because this is not my notes. This is not my message. But what I, I, you, somebody needs to hear. Listen, just don't get worked up, so worked up about everything. You don't realize that you're, 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 you're minding the carnal, carnal things too much. 
and it'll take away the blessings of God on your life. It'll take away the blessings of God. Get back to mind in the scripture. Quote what the word says, not what so-and-so says. Say what the word says. Deal with the word. Um, The devil would love the church to be so stirred up about this or that. And I don't even know anything extra going on. I mean, everything's been going on two or three years. I don't know anything new going on. So I don't know. Maybe you do know something new going on. I don't know anything new going on. But see, there's nothing new under the sun. The devil's always been the stirrer of the pot. He's always been the accuser of the brethren. And, And that's not who we are. And the Lord wants you, needs you, and me to walk in the Spirit so that we can produce something. Are you ready to produce something? And so it says here that for they are of the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh, they that are of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Um, let's look at, let's go on down, Romans 8, 11. But the Spirit, him, so if I'm walking the Spirit, this is what's going to happen. But the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. We use this a lot for healing, but in context, it's having to do with the works of your flesh. Did you know you could get God so much on your flesh that your flesh don't want to do things it's not supposed to? Now, that's fun. Walking in the spirit, getting in the presence of God. And you don't have to wait till church to do that. Uh, you, walking in the spirit, walking in the word, walking so much God, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead will quicken. Now you can use it for healing. I use it all the time for healing for my physical body. But what it's talking about is that fleshly stuff that wants to hang on you in context is saying the spirit of God will so quicken you that, um, that it, it will get rid of the things of your flesh. It, it will, it, he'll quicken your flesh. And then it says this, uh, and I teach this separately, but today as I was studying, he said, uh, hello. He said, keep reading. He said, my time is up. <laughs> Somebody shut me off. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the... And what is this in context to? It's talking about walking in the flesh, walking in the Spirit. This is the deal. There's never been an hour where you need to be more led. You need to know where to be. You need to know where not to be. You need to know who to listen to, who not to listen to. You need to know uh, what facts are true and what facts are false. You need not be so wrapped up in them, but, you know, you need to make decisions and sound judgments. You need to be led at all times. It's very difficult to be led when your flesh is in control of your life. So it does matter what's going on in your life, determining whether you're led by the Spirit of God or not. I didn't say it was impossible, but when you got a lot of flesh going on, it's very hard to hone in to the leadings of the Holy Ghost. Because whether you like it or not, God does not get a megaphone to talk to you. It's a perception. Most of the time, God speaks by perception. It's an inward knowing. Mark chapter 2, verse 8, Jesus was led by perception. Um, Paul, on the road, when he was getting on that ship, he perceived in his heart a perception. What is that? An inward knowing not based on outward facts. Right? 
Well, see, that gets covered up when we're fleshly. It could cost you a million-dollar business deal. It could cost you to build somewhere where you shouldn't build. It could cause you to buy something you shouldn't buy. It, it could cause you to be in a relationship that you ought not be in a relationship. It could cause so many things. Well, God should speak to me louder. Um, study the New Testament, especially the epistles, and tell me that verse, and we'll, we'll start preaching on God. You need to talk louder. You're not going to find it. Do I want him to talk louder? He, listen to me. He's so good. He's so kind. Even when we don't get it sometimes, he'll use somebody on the outside to help us. And so that's why you should esteem people that you put yourself around because sometimes you ain't getting it and they'll, and they'll help you get it so you can believe. Thank God for his mercy. It's new every morning. He cares about us greatly. But I'm telling you, just walking in the spirit, though, um, the, if you want to be led by the spirit of God, that's why it's in this context. And in verse 16, it says the spirit himself bears witness Romans 8, 16, bears witness with our spirit that we're sons of God. Where is the bearing witness done? 1 John 5 and 10. He, if you're born again, you have a witness. What is that? The perception that I've been talking about. The witness is the perception. And so on your job, keep you out of danger. You know, I know you all are perfectly good drivers, but do you know in this area there are some that are just, whoo, Where'd you get your license? <laughs> Where'd you get your license? Right? So you got to protect yourself. You know, the Holy Ghost is good. If you're walking the Spirit, he may lead you to go to work a different direction. Now, he knows me and he likes me. And so sometimes he'll lead me to go a different direction. And I'll find out later there was an all stop and I would have had to wait. And he knows I don't like to wait. Hallelujah. So he doesn't always tell me, but sometimes he does tell me. Um, just... Walking in the spirit can protect you, but it's not a voice all the time. It's, it's mostly a knowing. It's a perception. And yet, if you and I are too fleshly, we're walking in the flesh and producing the works of the flesh, it's very difficult to discern the perception, the witness. Because that's all it is most of the time is a witness. You find people who are good with the witness. You find people who are good with perception. Then I would say most of the time uh, with what I have found in over these 30 years is they probably know how to walk in the spirit on a very um, regular basis. A lot of times, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, people have to get away and pray to hear from God. Really what they're saying is, I've got to shut down my flesh for a little while. I've got to hear from God. Well, that's great if you can do it, but um, you can't shut down your flesh while you're driving on 565. Your flesh needs to be present. You can't always just take time away to get your flesh under control. It's best to live that way. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I believe you and I can get to a place where we're so living in the spirit, producing so much fruit. And then what's the fruit for? The fruit's for you. But man, you can sure bless a lot of people when you're living a good fruity life. Come on, if you're full of love and meekness and kindness and faithfulness, when you're full 
of the fruit of the Spirit. It not only helps you, but it sure can change a whole lot of people. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.